0: what's up here we are again episode 27 today is a different day today is a new topic today is a serious topic and i'm just going to wing it with my intro shout out to everyone for listening still episode 27 this will be my last one for a while I'm in the process of moving house, Uh, if you've listened to all my episodes then you'll know that I've been having household issues, not sure where to move and not that anyone cares but I've settled on the Sunshine Coast, I've got a house to move into in two weeks, me and my girlfriend, a lot bigger house with a lot less money, so that's good, moving out of Byron. I've moved out of Byron a bunch of times, so it's no big deal to me, I'm looking forward to it. I don't really know anyone up there, so if you happen to live on the sunny coast and you think you're good enough to hang out with me, hit me up. Today we have an episode about mental health, Uh, I'm sure you're all aware of the recent passing of Sean Kennedy from Prom Queen. To tragic loss to the hardcore scene. Uh, I was a friend of his since 2003, so it's a real shame. So rest in peace, Sean. Also to Hoppo and to Ricky Taylor and everyone else who's lost their lives to suicide. It's a tragedy and it can be helped and stopped if we just look out for each other. Lay off the party substances. Surround yourself by good friends who are into the same things, healthy lifestyle, being active. There is help. There is hope. Don't give up. We all go through some tough times, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So rest in peace, fellas. And yeah, I'm going to, I've got um, two little pre-recorded things on this episode. One Pete and I did. Uh, early on in the year, shortly after Hoppo passed away, and uh, and the last one was only a few week uh, a week ago with Crafter and Pete. We had a three-way zoom and they vented their their opinions on the topic and we just talked some shinfo. So as always, it was good to chat to them, but not in uh, ideal circumstances anyway I have an announcement I'm 40 on April the 10th which is a f- three weeks away I'm having a party it's gonna be huge I'm bringing all the lads back together Byron Bay Hardcore's finest if you're good enough and you listen to this then you would have got an invite if you send me good enough and you haven't got an invite, then hit me up and say, why haven't I been asked to come to your party? Maybe I'm just holding off on a few others. I don't know if I want 50 people to come to my house, but we'll see. So I'm excited about that. And moving to another town, so things are looking up. Stoked. Anyway, here's some songs and some friends speaking. Cheers, as usual, for the support. Podcast is on hold till after my birthday. And if I feel like coming back, then I will. If not, this is the end. All the best out there. Straight edge rules. Esmonds, we're here for a special announcement. Peter Baldy has some big news, some serious news and a interesting topic that he wants to address. So take it away, Pete.
1: Yeah, here comes a rant. Now, for those unfortunate enough to have seen my head on Instagram, I made a video talking to my phone the other day, which is something I never thought I would do. Um and then I had to make my fucking profile not private so that people could actually see it, which was the worst part of all. It's back to private now, though. And sorry for anyone that followed me; you've been <laughs> taken off there. Um, the it, it it's it's obviously it's mental health, but also like male suicide and how fucking common it's getting. Like it's just out of control and in that video I made, I I like blamed other people and politicians and this and that. But after thinking about it for like a couple of weeks now, I honestly think um, it's like, obviously people have mental health issues and, you know, it doesn't matter how much exercise or what you're eating or whatever, that that's going to affect your life. And I understand that, but for everyone else who just has bad days here and there, I honestly think like fucking getting off your ass, exercising, eating good and making good life choices. It's at least going to help you. You know what Mm. I mean? And it just seems like people don't give a fuck anymore. Like everyone, like it's cool to fucking party and drink and do all that shit. And look, I've been straight edge for almost 20 years. And up until this point, I've never written anyone off for what they did or do but now i think it could be time (laughs) like if you fucking smoke weed and take drugs all weekend and then fucking say oh i'm depressed you're a fucking loser like you're masking your problems Mm. by with these shit substances to try and make yourself feel better if you're not fucking stupid enough to understand it's not going to help and in and in most cases like i've been affected really closely by four suicides um and in the majority of those cases drugs is a common theme you know what i mean um and it's just fucking ridiculous like and in and in a lot of those cases too we also knew there was other issues but i mean it's not helping that side of it can't be helping so i think 2021 could be the year that militant straight edge comes back and i'm going to start going to pubs and slapping beers out of people's hands <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it, the, the public persona, like, the, obviously anyone listening to this is listens to punk or hardcore, so you probably don't think like the average bogan, but I mean, like, fucking go to the pub and have a beer, mate, with your mates. That'll mm. fix it. Like, no, nah, it won't fix it. It, it. It'll make it
0: worse. Yeah, like, the Australian culture's pretty bad in that. It's fucked. It's so far and and it's also bad in a way that you know men can't talk about their problems because they get labelled a pussy yeah. if they yeah you know voice that's, their opinion on that
1: yeah that's right like if you if you cry or you show your emotions you're a, you're a weak cunt or something like it's fucking pathetic like mm. it, it's so maybe just now that we're older and we see through it and like you know i was probably like that when i was young too like putting up a front and trying to be tough and all that stupid shit but you're not tough you're you're just insecure like and trying to work out your place in the world and everyone goes through it but i don't know it's it's time that fuck i don't know how the fuck we're going to do it but people need to start actually like well <laughs> i guess practicing what they preach you know like everyone's yeah. like oh mental health fucking Oh, are you okay? Oh, check in on your mates. But then they don't fucking do anything. Like, it's like, you got to do it. Like, I don't think like a phone or a text is enough, like not to try and pat myself on the back, but I've finally said, fuck this. And I've started something here, which is super easy. We're just training like twice a week. Um, and everyone's psyched. Like it's it's got a really good response. It's got so many people ran like people I don't know contacting me that want to come and, and it it's fucking helping like just to like make yourself accountable and have something to do you know what i mean and like mm. it's not like we sit in sit in a circle and talk about our problems but if anyone has a problem i feel like it's an environment where people will be comfortable to talk and and people have like and especially to me i i've turned into like a psychiatrist everyone's which i love i'm i'm cuz look i'm an older guy and i'm really happy with where i'm at in life like got an awesome family, Got a, I've still got a job through COVID. I'm happy, so if I can help other people in any way, I'm down to do it, you
0: know? Well, it comes down Weird to that is. Um, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, and if you're sitting there sad but your only four mates are bonging on every day, then it's yeah. pretty hard to get out of that rut. So that's yeah, the first exactly. thing to address is is what do I want out of life and if I want to be around these types of people who are just bringing me down and then t- making the the harsh decision of breaking away from them, which is exactly what I had to do when I was nineteen. I
2: yeah. said,
0: I don't want to be a bong smoker, I'm going and see us later and I stopped being friends with six of my best friends and twenty years on, two of them are dead from overdoses. And the others yep. are just like brain fucked zombies who I wouldn't even see, know who they are if I walked past them in the street. Yep. And um, it, that's just, that's what happens when you surround yourself by the wrong people.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, I guess everyone at a certain time in their life, like if you're around the wrong people or doing the wrong thing, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, And you're only sort of lying to yourself if you think you're doing good. I think, I don't know. I just hope, like I said, I think in that video I did, I was blaming politicians and like, and yeah, look, I think we do need more mental health facilities, like purpose built ones, like not hospitals. Like I mean, proper places in every city, but look, to be honest, they're going to fucking be full of people straight away. And it's probably something that you're never going to be able to have enough of, but I just think they need to be putting more money into it for sure but yeah the problems are are our own like if you fix yourself we won't need these fucking places like
0: yeah and it, and not even a, a straight edge thing it's just the fact that alcohol is so like bad but it's so available and it's so oh, yeah. Australian to do it yeah you don't you get called a, a, a Oh, I've been scored so many words that are not PC enough to say anymore.
1: Yeah. Because, well that's what Yeah. But like V B and shit's everywhere. Like, oh, watch the cricket VB, like watch the state of origin. Like one team one year was sponsored by Forex and the other was sponsored by VB. And it's just like like that's how I grew up thinking that that's mm. that whole footy, like drink beer with your mates, play footy, like it's far like that shit. I think it is changing, but then the problem is with the younger generation, I think they take more drugs now than they drink. Like some of the younger kids at my work, they they go out. They don't even drink. They just go straight to the drugs. It's just like that's just fucking psycho to me. Yeah. But anyway, that's my rant. If you're fucking not happy, do something. Change your life. Quit your job. Fucking put some running shoes on and go running. Do it before it's too late. You fucking live your whole life to make someone else happy, and not going to be happy yourself. So,
0: yeah. Well, thanks, Pete. Fix your own and head. They can contact you on Instagram at, at Peter Bordy. and uh, and Pete, Pete X body because I'm so straight edge still. And they can ask you any questions that they need to. Yeah, I'm here to help everyone. I'm I'm the I'm
1: <laughs> I'm really not.
0: But and if you're in Adelaide we, and you're not going to Pete's Fitness training then you're a desmond so fucking get on
1: board it's free too by the way
0: of course it is you you're not here to make money you're hardcore
1: that's correct
0: diy all right on with the next one Biggest legends in hardcore scene, Crafter and Pete bloke, here to talk some serious business. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's questionable whether we're legends or
3: not.
4: Yeah, interesting. Where do we start?
1: Is this going to be the first serious Shinfo X Desmond podcast?
4: Mm, maybe.
1: Yeah, it's the who first. Wants
4: lead, who wants to lead the way? Where are we starting?
1: We're going for... Well, we're starting, we're starting with we're sick of seeing our mates kill themselves.
4: Well, yeah, and it's been a fucking shocking month and a shocking few years because it's not... Like, there's other people as well that I completely forgot about when I posted and stuff. And then the fact that um, I'm trying to think, Shane Collins from Brisbane, and then there was Rowan from Breakeven, like, obviously Ricky, hmm. obviously Sean, obviously Hoppo. Like there's other people that I don't uh, probably in different music scenes and whatnot as well that I don't know um, that haven't affected our friends but these are the mm. ones that have affected our friends heavily and where do you start like yeah you know, if you ask your mates um, all the time hope they're well or if they're well or whether you love them and, and tell them everything that you think that should be said and and all of that's not enough then, there's problems that go back a long way that maybe we met the, I guess, the mental health system and the, and um, maybe the, the, with the alcohol problems, the drinking problems that all come with music, maybe there is uh, a bit more of help after a lot of people's music careers are over and stuff like that that might be able to help them because
1: musicians are fragile people. Mm, I just, <clears throat> what that, the post you did, and then the the fucking video that I did,
2: mm. I
1: reckon. And we've spoke about this. We're both blaming everyone else, but and I think we've since realised we've got to start blaming ourselves. Like, mm. and 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 it's not our own fault, but it's just the way we're brought up. Like most of us have been brought up with dads that, you know, my dad drank way too much, and and like was the best dad in the world. But I mean, we never fucking sat down and spoke like about stuff. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, you'll be right. Toughen up. You know that. And that's that's just like how most males are brought up, and it's fucking clearly not working. (laughs) Well, I grew
4: up. I don't know everyone like my mum ran the football club. My dad was a touring professional golfer, and. When you grow up in a football club and that environment, all you're seeing is people drinking and writing themselves off. And even as a young guy, um, I had a, a couple of my dad, one of my dad's best mates, um, him and his twin brother, um, had a car crash, drink driving. And back then, in mm. the country, and I remember it having a massive effect on my old man. And then, oh, not even that long after, it was years after but I just remember stuff as a kid like just bits and pieces and like a few of my dad's mates committing suicide and like this was when I was young like and Mm. I and it was like back then it was probably not as I feel like nowadays it's way more common but back then like when it happens in a small town you really fucking know about it and It was a problem back then in a drinking cultured town. And I'm sure none of my dad's mates ever even, well, they didn't have the ability. You have to call the house phone and go, Are you okay, mate? Like, yeah. You have to get someone at home. Now we have the ability to text on our phones and fucking do everything. And
0: that's not something that men generally ask and would even talk about if they were asked that, too. Uh, Mm.
1: Yeah, go. I was just going to say, like, I honestly think it is changing um, slowly. Like, the younger generation that I see, they're not like I was. They're they're more open to more things. They, you know, they grow up a lot faster, which is a concern because I think they're doing drugs at a younger age, but they're not necessarily drinking the way we were and have that closed-minded, stupid mentality. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems... Our generation, we got into, well, this is me speaking on my own experiences, but started drinking like when you're fucking 14 to 16, you know, you start at least least getting access to it and it just continues from there. And you go along that path and especially for me, because I looked a lot older than I was and my friends were older. So I was deep in it before I was 18. It's just crazy. And like, Mm. Some of these people that you know that we have lost, they grew up the same way. On top of that, oh, not again! They they had like pre existing mental health issues, and it's just a fucking recipe for disaster. Like,
4: do you you know how, especially when when it comes to music, and as you get into like a bigger band and bigger tours and stuff, it's all on a silver platter. Like the amount of alcohol that's there. And the amount of drugs that are offered, like, I even nowadays, like, oh, if you come to blah, 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 I'll shout you a drink or fucking this, this and this. I could probably, like, yeah, I could go out and just drink all the time and probably do any bloody drugs because, like, it's just so offered to all the fucking time. And I think Mm. that's where a lot of band members, like, you... You don't, I don't think a lot of people purposely become alcoholics and have a lot of drinking problems. But if it's there night after night and you're you partying night after night, well, you're gonna end up with a drinking problem regardless, unless you, you don't drink. But I would watch mm. bands on tour, and, and you're the same, you've been around forever, and you just see people just drink night in, night out, and then they'd have a hangover the next day and then they'd go again. And it's like how 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 can you change that? Because it's a culture. It's not just like the Australian culture of the drinking culture and harden up and toughen up. It's just the culture of music in general that's has this this must get pissed fucking party attitude. Which I get. Like I get. It, it's we now looking back. It's the full blown glory years and nothing really. There was no um, there was no real like uh, like nowadays you've got house like mortgages and you got to pay the bills and the rent and you got to support your kids and stuff like that. But back then, fuck, you didn't have a thing. I'd like, oh, get Centrelink and get some money from a tour. Like, that was as far yeah. as my commitments went. I slept on fucking Choad's floor. I slept on bloody, like, like a, I'd stayed at Oscars and Winston's all the time. I stayed on Scan's floor in Melbourne. I would go home. I had, like... I don't think I actually properly had a house for bloody a good few years because the tour lifestyle just—that's what it was. You sleep on people's couches or in themselves. and I was like this, that for years,
2: but,
1: but see, this is weirder for us, right? Obviously, the three of us are straight edge and have been since as before we were touring. But I I just don't. I've never I've never really toured with like a party band. There's been mm-hmm. band, there's been members of bands that sort of did their own thing, but never a whole band. And I know, Jed, you have without naming names sort of thing. But, I mean, that just never interests me. Like, if you got to do it every night, it's hard enough as it is to have late nights and early mornings. I don't know how they literally did it. And, obviously, I know just from the stories or whatever that, you know, a lot of members of these bands had lots of trouble personally because that's no way to really live. Like, it's fucking like this whole you know, I'm gonna throw him under the bus a little bit, and no one will hear it anyway. But the whole like DTD thing, like I never understood it. Like JJ is the nicest dude; he's known my wife since before I knew him, mm. and he, he is the most genuine, straight up nice guy. But when he started all that shit, like I just wipe I I wiped my hands of him, man. It was I fucking think, Im- to, to me. It's embarrassing, I,
4: but I, I don't think I don't think the idea of what they <laughs> They started it as like, I think it was just like a uh, party. And right. and yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was like a tongue in cheek joke. And then as time went on, people really wanted to be involved and be in it. And then it, it's like anything, like it gains momentum. And then like before too long, I think people were trying to live up to everyone that was there, like nearly kind of like outdo each other. It's like, well, when you're a kid, you go down the BMX jumps and, the person jumps the furthest, and before too long, one of your mates is on his head, and he's got KO, like KO. Yeah, like because you're all trying to one up each other, and I think that's like that with, with what, like, just the drinking culture's like anyway. And and as yeah, like, I drink more than my mate and stuff like that, and I, I don't judge anyone because of, of the way they are because I've grown up in a pub. My mum ran a pub, like I've grown up like. I have people in my family that have had serious alcohol problems um, to the point of rehab and so on. So I've been around it since I was a little kid. And so I'll never judge anyone for the, for them actually drinking or whatever, because it doesn't honestly bother me. But when it's to the point where like people are having serious problems, complications, I know people that have drank themselves to the point where they've had pancreatitis
1: and stuff. And,
4: Is it worth it? I don't know, because Mm. I know how much money I've
1: saved by drinking in my life. Yeah, see, I I also grew up around it and, like I said, I had a dad that drank a lot and, you know, was deep in the footy thing and all that. But the whole thing with that crew of guys and and individually, some of them are really nice guys, is to Mm. me, I reckon it was such a shit, like, thing to portray to the younger generation because, like you said, all these kids thought, Oh, that's cool. I want to be a part of that. Like, for mm. instance, there's a photo of JJ that I saw years ago, and he was him at HQ, and he's like had a bottle of Hennessy and was smoking a ciggy, and there was this young little kid like looking at him, and mm. I just looked at that photo and I was just like, "That's so fucked." Like, that young yeah. kid, he's looking at him thinking it's cool to, to fucking basically uh, in, like. In, sp- in-
4: I don't know, but in JJ's defence though, like there's, you could look at anyone in music, like whether it's oh, in, the, yeah. in the history of music, like you go from Kurt Antena Cobain, back the day, like hardcore bands, Kurt Cobain, like
1: the yeah, rap. Yeah, I know, you know that. Like, like it's, it's... Hardcore's he, not, I don't know. Like, and, and look, I'm not I'm not specifically just trying to throw him under the bus. I'm not at all. He Like, but it... I don't know, I just don't know what those guys were expecting like
2: yeah
1: it's fucked like essentially like look just say it's someone's birthday or there's something to celebrate fuck yeah party go nuts yeah. but like to portray that that's how you live your life every night and like what what would you expect to happen like
2: yeah and that's what?
1: that's not like a straight edge rant either it's like yeah. anything anything too much like i don't know yeah that's the thing is anything
4: too much You're bound to have substance abuse problems and so on as time goes on. And I know a lot of people now, it's just in music in general, regardless if it's that era or it's eras before us. There's a lot of people that have had really bad alcohol problems, really bad drug addictions. The the era before us, we're all like lots of heroin addicts and stuff. Like Mm. talking to the old old, 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 hardcore people, you're like, holy shit, like, there were some real bad people, like, like as far as what they were doing. Um, and like, I'm going to – I'll stick up for JJ, like, forever, you know. He's one of my best yeah. mates. Sometimes I'm like, you know, the drinking and stuff, like, I, I, it worries me. It fucking worries me. And that's not mm. just him. It worried me about Sean. It worried me about a lot of my mates back home. Like, yeah, it, it's always kind of scared me when it's too much – like too much going on and like for too long of a time because like my sister's fucking battled with it for a long time with being an alcoholic and whatnot. And Mm. it scares me. She's had so many complications, so many mental issues, like to the point where like she has anxiety attacks when she doesn't drink and stuff. And then they've got to get fucking ambulances and shit out because she thinks she's having a heart attack. Like, and that's all based off the long period of time of, probably maybe smoking weed, maybe drinking too much, like to the point where, like, she'd sneak out and be, like, somehow get to the shops, get alcohol and, like, drink herself to fucking sleep. And it's, like, mm. it's, it's it's a thing that whether, whether that's the culture of what Ordinga provided from when we're at a young age, but you get, like I said, like, especially with the musicians, it's all on a fucking silver platter. It's on your table when you walk into the band room and... Yeah, it's it's free. It's fucking free. Yeah, and that, that's probably the hardest thing for, especially with some people, like a lot of people
0: with already existing drinking issues, and they're playing in bands and whatever. And and they're a small upcoming band, and all of a sudden they're getting all this free stuff. Yeah. Why wouldn't I just do it every night? Because mm. what else am I, I doing? I, so, and think, everyone else is doing it too.
4: Think about yeah. shows. When your mates started getting heaps of
0: food, and you'd eat all I the did water. exactly the same with food. I was like, "Why <laughs> someone just give me twenty sandwiches? I'm gonna eat them all." <laughs> so, and, 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 and you know, guess what happens? I got thirty kilos heavier. So, you know, it's the same yeah. on a scale from drinking. Just Can you mm. off on
4: on like on the top, like topic of substance abuses and stuff um, and like the, the fact that like a lot of people have gone down pretty bad paths and stuff in the past and we lost someone else like the way Hoppo, Hoppo was and what happened with him um, that was kind of like an, he, he went definitely away from the hardcore scene and stuff but I always felt like with him there was always he was always scared to kind of come back and like nearly like when I'd run into him, he was like ashamed of, I don't know if that's the word, but it was like, he didn't ever no, really want to tell
1: it, me it, the, it is the word.
4: Yeah. Like he that didn't want him. to tell me the truth. And I'm like, Hey man, come catch up. And like, even remember years ago, Pete, we had that barbecue down the beach. Me, yeah. you, um, Adrian was there like, and Hoppo came and that like, he seemed all right then and then the next time I seen him it was like it was like a every time I seen him it was a um like it was like an act like it was like he was telling telling me the story I wanted to hear about what how life was going when well, I knew that wasn't the case yeah. but in a sense someone makes them so reclusive you can't really change their path like the the path was the path was addiction you know and it's yeah. not easy For us to go, for us to go, oh, how do they do it and how do people do this? Well, we don't know because we weren't chronic alcoholics or chronic drug users or anything like that for a long period of time. So the battles, the battles so long ago that yeah, you can't really, you can't just talk someone out of that because they're so used to it for 10, 15 years of their life, you know. And it's yeah. It's a hard one because we're losing losing a lot of mates, and there's not there's there's no amount of there's no amount of are you okay that's going to stop any of the, the situations unless something else changes, and I really don't know what that is.
1: Mm. I, I just think like it's like really really early on, it's just showing that there's another way. Like I guess seeing Steve's instance, obviously it was a series of things that led to. To that, and once you're there, it's he was already there, you know, and he battled with it for so long. But Mm. I I looked back through my messages. When you look at Facebook or iMessage or whatever, it takes you all the way back. I went back all the way to 2009, and it was like in out in out in out, like every six months. And I think once you're in that cycle, like it's fucking hard. Like the chances of you getting out of that. But my thing is like. Just starting like, obviously, I've got two sons and I'll hopefully be able to, that's the thing, who knows. But my theory is like, just show them that there are other ways to live. Like the whole work Monday to Friday, hate your life, then go get fucked up on the weekend. Like that's pathetic. Then the whole, you know, the other side of that, the touring, if, you know, uh, I don't know if it's, like placing I, a value on money or whatever, like oh, it's free. I've got to have it. Like that's also ridiculous. Like I don't the, know. It, it. There's a. There's thinking a, differently. There's a major
4: issue in WA with um the mining issue, and there's a high high suicide rate with people who work in the mines, and like they don't talk about it much. But I know I know it's for a fact, cause um yeah, like I have a few friends that are pretty high up, and they 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 think like. They come home. They do like it's it's it's. I think it's two and two now, or one and one. There's like all sorts, but it's not as like four and one and like those old school ways that will. Yeah. uh, But the problem is, is I I know dudes are like living in live from Queensland that are here, and they do two and one, and then for that for that two weeks that they're out there, they just come back with a shitload of money, and they party for the whole week, and like. And there's people that live in the buildings above the tattoo shops, like stuff like that. But then they go out there and there are a lot of those people are away from their families and then they have, whether it be marriage issues or substance issues or, or drinking issues or whatever, and they're back to this normal life. But I'm sure there's loneliness out there. And, and you know what? Like I always, I've always thought about it and I was like, tour life's not much different. Like as much as the glory's there when it comes to the shows and stuff, but you get fucking pretty lonely, like especially when I've had like girlfriends and stuff. And I, I like had girlfriends over the years and was away for a long period of time and it fucking sucks. And, and it plagues on your fucking mind and shit. And like I've, I've had pretty bad like um, depression issues and like I never fucking talk about it because I'm me. But I I am one of those people I can get through. Like I've always been pretty strong-headed. I can get through whatever I've got to get through. But um, especially when I was on tour and stuff, and like uh, I just you just feel fucking alone sometimes because like you're in some fucking random country and everyone's at home. And like when I was like living in the States with Buried Dead, and like they could tell I just wanted to be home. And Chode knows how bad some of this shit got there. Like it was fucking crazy. And I just at one point was like, I just want to go home. I'm done. Like I was mm. literally calling my mom, like fucking, yeah, just having huge anxiety attacks. Like it was crazy. I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And I didn't feel at all safe on tour until I got to California and, and Jonah picked me up and like let me stay at his house and um, kind of just took me around for a few days before I flew home. But that was just like... Sometimes touring gets fucking dark and it's fucking shit. Mm. As much as there's the good things about, it, there's also, yeah. And and Joe struggled with touring as well. Like he would fucking load in and load out and see the band for five fucking minutes and be busy all day. And then you get on a bus and you go back to sleep and you work your ass off.
2: Yeah. Like yeah, it
4: becomes it's hard. not.
1: It's not some like people glorify, but it's fucking shit usually. Like,
0: yeah, maybe that's why everyone drinks on tour because what else is there to do?
4: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's also another fucking thing. It's not as easy as it's not as glorious as everyone thinks. It's, it is hard work and it is, does plague on the mind. Like, maybe touring for you would have been easier if you were on the piss, you know? Like, <laughs> Except you're on the fucking burritos and you gained about 400 kilos.
3: <laughs> but,
4: like, that's the thing. It, it's, it, it does get fucking grim. And then I think what gets more grim is the life after it because you're so used to one way of being. You're so yeah. used to looking at yeah, that fucking... Do you know what the hardest is... thing... The hardest thing on tour and f- forever is the Wi-Fi password. Literally, you go to a venue... Like nowadays, you go on a venue, you get the Wi-Fi password and you sit on your fucking phone and barely talk to anyone. Like it was like, it's so fucking long. Yeah, you, you go see a band, they're all on their phones.
1: Is that why it's what's starting to happen now though is all of us have sort of, whatever we've done in our lives, we've got to this point now and we're getting, you know, either 40 or close to it and people are starting to realise like, fuck, what have I done or, you know, like the guys in bands, if they haven't managed to fucking be lucky and made a ton of money, they're pretty much the same people they were when they were twenty. You know,
4: yeah. And is I... that
1: is that is that the realization? Like you're like fuck, like not I... saying that's not that's not Sean or it wasn't Ricky, it wasn't. But it, it, it am I? I'm what I'm trying to say is that just our age group now, like when shit's getting real. You know what I mean? Like we're yes, meant to be definitely. adults, adults <laughs> with. <laughs> Do you think
4: with – do you ever, like, especially especially when it comes coming out of a band, do you think the eras before us? Like, Frenzel's different because Jay and Lindsay have had pretty successful radio careers and have done other stuff. But, like – and, like, Mind Snare dudes have always done shit. Like, Matt, like, has always done – within the skating world and Nige has always done music stuff. And uh, I think, like, Belty's always worked the guitar kind of – things like that they're just two bands but like imagine like the 28 days who were these big bands or body jar or like a lot of those bands i'm sure life after touring was hard for all of them too because i i kind of look at those years not as bigger. Well, there was more festivals and it was a bit more glorious than like mm. us playing the fucking like green square and yeah. the art you know like they they were doing touring festivals and that really didn't exist for us it was already done by the time we started touring and we had to kind of create our own kind of thing but i wonder how all those bands came out of it and that's why i kind of wanted to get caleb on because he was around through that era and could have given us some insight but he's a Hari Hari, hara krishna now and he's walking barefoot around his lounge
0: room. Well, maybe they, <laughs> those bands never thought they were going to be a big enough band to make money, so they just no, kind of...
4: 28, day, 28 Days definitely were, though.
0: Yeah, they were a
1: full-time band for that sure. They were huge. But that's an actual thing, they're like, after you stop doing something. I know, for instance, the NRL has lots of trouble, and this is going to be a bit personal, but I actually spoke to him today. One of my good friends... His name's Rennie Matua. Um, if you look him up, he played for Australia. He was the captain of certain clubs. Like he had a really successful NRL career. And towards the end, when the injuries start coming on and your body doesn't do what you want it to do, it's it's really hard for them because they've only ever been told one thing. Their whole lives, like they they start you start playing. I started playing when I was four years old, right? And so did he. I've known him since we were four. And and he knew when he had training, it's such a structured life. And mm. When you come out of that, you're fucking lost. Like he pretty much, he, he had some instances where he just, he, he just started breaking down in tears crying and he didn't know what was going on. And he actually tried to kill himself. He hung himself and was hanging. And it was like his mate woke up in the middle of the night and knew something was wrong. And his mate's super Christian, he's, his name's Willie Tonga, another player. And he drove to his house, kicked in his door, and found him hanging. Like, it's a fucking miracle that he survived. Mm. Wow. And, and he, he's gone on – and, you know, I asked if I could mention this stuff today. He's mm. gone on to, like, do stuff and speak about mental health because they're having lots of trouble with NRL players. They retire, and they're fucking lost. Like, Greg Inglis, like, he was one of the best players in the world. He mm. retired, and, and he didn't know what to fucking do with himself He's just signed another contract with some club in England and, you know, not to talk shit, about, but it's basically because he doesn't know what else to do. Like, yeah. he, he needs that structure, you know?
4: And he, even, outside of, um, even outside of football, like with Aussie rules as well, like um, one of my mates, Alan Christensen, played for Geelong, like won the won grand final and whatever. And he didn't know what to do even during his career to the point where he wasn't drinking or anything. He was gambling so much that he yeah. nearly got, nearly gambled all of his fucking money away. And he, he's now in the end of his career, like he, he retired last year and, and whatever, but he's come out and talked about the mental health problems and stuff like that because a lot of the players that are coming out of it, they've the, the old school, the old school footballers and the old school rugby players, they went to fucking work on – during the week, you know, they worked yeah. their Even though they were playing for fucking South or Sydney or whatever, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or Richmond or fucking whatever. But then when they came with full-blown professional sports, where they am playing all week and whatever, they had this massive amount of money that's really just there for... Like, what do you do with it? Like, especially if yeah. you're young, you know, just roll it away. Like, and I was considering. I blew fucking tens of thousands... Like, I couldn't tell you how much. Like, I had a clothing label. I was in a touring band. I was like, yeah, like, I remember finishing prom queen tours and having a pile of cash and just by the time the next tour would start, it was all gone. i am like, mm. where have I spent all this fucking money? Like, on on drinks.
0: Going,
4: yeah, probably going to Byron and having to buy 14 different soft drinks. there's drinks remember i'd be like we've got to go to the shops i'm going to get a drink
0: yeah and you just get like three drinks smash them roll the label go back in get a tomato juice smash it and you're like yep i'm done
2: yeah
4: but that's that's but the the football thing's much like the band thing you you're living the, the the glory of like being famous as well, and that 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 comes and that's a toll in itself. Like yeah,
1: and plus they sign the young kids now, and like the minimum contract's like a hundred grand. So you're sixteen years old, you get a hundred grand, and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do with this?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like and then when when that's finished, you go from that to zero because there's and a, yeah. really set yourself up. Like what do you like? It's it's interesting because you hear like. I hear Dane Swan Swan's podcast, and Swanee was obviously a good fucking footballer, one of fucking Brownlow, but was a complete fuck up as well. Like he admits that he was like partying, doing bags, like full blown write-off. But he owns mm. like pubs, he owns a tattoo shop, like he talks about it. But then there's probably a lot of other players that probably don't set themselves up that way. And look, well, fucking Danny for Danny Frawley, who was a big time <laughs> Footballer, big-time media personality and stuff. He committed suicide only a couple of years ago, and that's like that's an old kind of legend, you know. Mm.
1: It's if he's if he's doing drugs during the season, how does he not test positive?
4: Man, they test. I'm pretty sure they
1: like their testing for terrible. Was AFL that three strikes thing? They don't
4: tell anyone. Yeah, AFL, AFL three strikes. I'm pretty sure, like. Their testing's like so bad that like cokes out of your system within a few days, so they'll test yeah. them on
3: Thursday
4: or Friday. Yeah, probably I the same. Mean, as if they're all not as if all the dudes aren't partying.
0: Like, well, yeah, the the NRL dudes get caught out fucking on the bags having threesomes every weekend, and they're on the news. Yeah, mm. yeah they or really some do. some dude just beat up a whole bunch of people because he was pissed. Like, what? So- what, what's Rennie doing now?
1: Uh, he, he's a lifeguard. Yeah. Um, and he's also... Uh, I, I don't know. She's got some other job, like, something to do with... He owns, like, a cleaning company or something, I mean. think.
2: I've,
4: I've had this thought, thought recently, and even you know, what's crazy, is I actually seen this from Mark Matthews doing those fucking keynote speaking things when he was mm. talking about the fucking... Um, breaking his leg or whatever mm. and like when I was watching it I was like I was like I could probably do this for music and kind of like a guidance thing but also the realities of coming out the other side like I did like I had a fucking pretty successful career doing one fucking thing badly like I can't mm. sing it I can barely sing at the time and somehow I marketed myself that well that I could not go from one band, but I went to fucking multiple different bands. And like when I went to Carpathian, Carpathian seemed to get bigger. And then when I went from that, I went to Buried Dead. And that was like a big deal. And then I hated that. So I came home and then I started Confession. And somehow Confession ended up with like top 20 CDs and sold fucking heaps. And we did all these big tours. And like then I've gone from that to... Um, like what I do now and there's, there's steps that I've kind of taken and whatever but through that there was fucking like misery at the same time like I got kicked out of fucking at the time probably the biggest medical band in the country and because it was just before the rise of Parkway and like that was fucking crushing like and I was like man i have laid in my fucking bed at my parents for fucking weeks like I didn't leave I don't Mm. think I left until I started talking to Marty, and then
1: isn't isn't there like some um? Hang on, I thought I had the t-shirt on. Isn't there some like roadies thing where they all have like a mental health thing?
2: Yeah, homesick.
1: Is it homesick that they did the parkway road sick? Road sick. Road sick. Is that? I
0: don't.
1: They don't have money. Um, No, I think it's like, are you okay for roadies? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's your mate, um, Yogi, Pete. Oh, don't write him off. I... Yeah, I'm saying he's your mate. <laughs> the, and the, the guy from Bondi, right? The guy from Bondi at TM Parkway and you try to come yeah. on stage and he said, who are you? And you said, who
2: yeah.
0: are you? <laughs> and I said, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he said yeah. no actually who are you you can't go on stage with Parkway and you said no I'm sorry no. but who are you again <laughs> I'm on stage. and then I repeated my first question to him <laughs> and, and then said, you walked on stage and the whole band were like what are you doing on stage Peter? yeah so that's who runs homesick, Oi, no runs good. homesick. well no there good. you
1: go Craft talk to him And fucking, it's a thing. Who is you? It's
0: so good. I just think like.
1: He who are me and I who are you back.
4: (laughs) But I I just think there's a lot that could be said. And it wouldn't, I don't think it just would need to be me talking. But like, I think if you talk to like got some older, like some older people that like playing some things and maybe have a few kind of people, just even to talk to young musicians about like, I don't know. It's like the, the the thing I said today, today is about the cancer side of things, is when when my mum and dad had were both told they had terminal cancer at the same time, I prepared myself um, for the absolute worst and I hope for the fucking best. And mm. sometimes I think like that's kind of how my music career was as well. I was like, oh, this is going to fuck up at any time, but I hope it does well.
1: <laughs> well, and- it's funny. You know, Russ, I listened to that interview today again, and he actually mentioned that. Like, there's nothing for these young bands. They get into it. They've got no idea what they're doing. Like, And we we fully know everything. It's not a bad idea, but, like, obviously we're only talking about you know, there's a lot of people fucking committing suicide, not related to music, but it's like my first thing would be not to fucking put all your, what do they say? Don't throw your chips in one basket or whatever. Like you got to give yourself options, you know, yeah. like no matter yeah. what it doesn't last and forever.
4: <laughs> I think right now though is with this Corona thing. you got two minutes have...
0: before we have to stop.
4: I still can't believe you've not
0: paid. Um, I'm not paying for Zoom Fuck that
4: We'll just start it again
0: Yeah, if you're going to go skits Yeah
4: My my fear, my thoughts are, and just by the fact that, like I, I, obviously, John was one of my real close friends. I spoke to him like a week and a half ago on the phone. I tried to call him all week. He finally called me back. I was checking on him all the fucking time, and I'd I'd spoken to Hopper only a few months ago as well. And I was trying to get him to come see me and catch up and stuff like that. Um, I feel like especially with music and especially with all this corona stuff and whatever, it may be helping some musicians think about what's next and building something else, whether it's like, I don't know. I don't know what whether you study or, 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 or whatnot. But I also think that the musician side of things will probably only get worse because the pressures of life are getting a lot worse these days. It's like the pressure of just success is... Shown on social media and mm. so much fucking bullshit. Like it's mm. goddamn fucking bullshit. Like what the idea of success is when it comes to being in a fucking band or in life in general is fucking stupid. You're just saying, like, oh, everyone's got a fucking Range Rover, everyone's got this, everyone's got all these flashy fucking bags and fucking all the money, and fucking their people are showing off all their fucking wealthy possessions. And it's like That's not reality. That's not achievable for everyone. But live but live live within your means. Don't like try and be something you're fucking not. Like have goals and work towards the goals, but also like set many, many things, you know, like I want to do this and I like I set out and I was like, I want to do screen printing and fucking whatnot. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could do a tattoo shop and then or oh, maybe I could do a fucking tattoo and barber shop and then I just set these fucking things and then like now it's like it's kind of just gotten fucking ridiculous. But I set like mini goals and then achieved those goals and then moved on to the next. And I haven't like, I'm not out there fucking flaunting anything or showing it off because everything I do I put back into what I have like to make something else happen. But the shit I see for people that even around me that aren't probably probably not not even financially doing as well business wise or whatever. I'm just like, you're a fucking goose. Like,
2: mm. because
4: the expectations they have on life, you know, like it's like with bands, like, oh, how much fucking merch did you sell? Like, how many CDs did you sell? Oh, you didn't get number one, so you're fucking done. Like. I used to hear bands talk and they'd be like the fucking bitchiest shit ever. Oh yeah. No, they're done. Like the amount. And like, I'm going to say about a band and fucking went from literally hell and back again. North lane was written off by fucking just about everyone. Like, Oh no, they're done. People are over them and fucking whatever. And when I seen them last time, which is I've only, only seen two bands last year. One was North, I think, yeah, North Lane and I seen Amity as well. And they were fucking massive. I was like, this is a comeback. Like Marcus told his story about his life and like that, that that dude went fucking through some shit. And to see like the way they've gone about it, like they and like their doco, they talk about all these mental health problems and the shit they've been through to, to come back up and start doing well. But not many bands talk like that. People, bands don't talk about the hard times. They talk about when they're fucking doing all this cool shit. Like, like the Parkway Dockers are sick, don't get me wrong, but you're watching the rise of a band. You're not watching, there's no downfall of Parkway at all in any of that. Like in the, in the newest one, they've got problems and they're trying to build it up, but it's still like the glories at the end of it, you know, of how big they are and the, the stuff that they're doing. But the North Lane Doco is pretty fucking they're telling their story and they're telling how fucking hard it gets for them because their tours have all dropped off and they're not making any money. And they did make a comeback and then they got roaned, but everyone got roaned. So but like if not people haven't watched it, it's definitely worth it. I think you watched it, didn't you, Chowd?
0: Yeah, you must have listened to my interview then, did you?
4: I may have listened. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do Did, think, did you
0: like uh, and subscribe too? Didn't like and subscribe, but
4: Josh is a fucking legend. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but I've always like from and like
1: Stop. I, I hey, wait. I got to say, he definitely is a legend because Chode asked him to post the thing. Not only did he not do it, he didn't even reply to Jed. It's so good. <laughs> Jed oh. said, "Hey man, can you can you share that you were on my podcast?" And <clears> he <throat> read it. And didn't reply.
0: Yes. It, he's got 30,000 so, followers dying to hear the interview and none yeah. of them know about he, it. He's what, my favorite guest you've had what on. Was,
4: <laughs> what was funny is not funny, but what was the thing like coincidence about you's talking in that thing. When he talked about Adrian, I came to a purse show and um, Adrian sat in the car park and talked to me because Josh and, Josh and John maybe Josh and Milo. I can't even remember back, but back gone but this is going back long time. They're like, can you have a chat to him? Blah, blah, blah. And and he was like, I don't know if I can play, like, really upset. He's like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I was like, man, your band's about to blow up. Like, he's a killing it. Like, there's the show's sold out, like, and it was fucking psycho, like, when they played. But he was, and and I I, I left that night and I was like, He's done. Like, he's, like, I, I was, like, I've been there. Like, I've felt like that. Like, oh, I I felt like that in fucking Prom Queen. Like, I wanted out. And I got kicked out, which fucking helped. Because in the long run, it's it's helped me probably created someone that was smarter as far as music business goes. Because as stupid as I am, I've somehow pulled off a lot of shit. And I, I'd seen, when I, when I seen him, like, that upset and, not wanting to play and whatever. I'd I'd been like that before
1: myself. Mm. There's a quote, and it's really simple, but it's nothing in life is more important than than your happiness. And that's when you really think about it. It's true because, yeah, like like he left a successful band because he just wasn't happy. And there's lots of other stories, obviously, fucking rich like Wall Street guys bail on Mm -hmm. that shit to live on a fucking live out of eating noodles for the rest of their life. Like, that's what it all comes down to, happiness.
4: Yeah, and and money, I always had this thing where I was like, I was like, the success of whatever I do, like, matters. Like, I was like, I've got to have money and I've got to have all this shit and fucking whatever. But as time went on and I, I started to do okay, I started to go, well, that none of that fucking matters. Everything's just gives me more opportunity to do stuff with my child and travel, which travels out the door now. But, like, just be able to do experiences with my daughter because I can't tour anymore and I don't tour and I don't go overseas and whatever. So now my idea is, like, oh, me and Kiki can go here, you know. We went to the States and we travelled and stuff like that. And that's that's the happiness, you know, because, yeah, playing shows and touring and shit was all fucking happy and I, I definitely there was some great things that come of it. But a big loss was not seeing new shit all the time, which was the opportunities. Like I would never have got to go to fucking be in Malaysia one day and fucking Thailand the next and Bali the next and China and Japan and shit within like the space of a few weeks. Like I wouldn't be doing tours like that if I wasn't in a band.
0: Yeah. Um, well let's get back to talking about mental health as the average kid in the in a bush town what is his options if he's surrounded by 10 mates who are all pissheads he doesn't want go to straight do that? edge
1: <laughs> go straight edge and bail on those losers no nah.
0: But what if they burn him every day well okay what, what are they meant my, to here's do? my
1: story I grew up in Maroubra playing football and surfing. And on my 20th birthday, I got arrested in King's Cross. And I I woke up in the prison cell in King's Cross police station. And I said, I'm never drinking again. Because every time I drink, well, especially then, something bad happens and I do dumb things.
0: What did you do? And I never drank.
1: I can't say. I tried to sleep on a concrete floor is what I did, but what I did before that, I can't say, but, um, and my friends couldn't even, it was so foreign to them. They couldn't even believe what you don't drink anymore. What do you mean? You know, like,
0: like you drank yesterday. Why do you mean you don't drink yeah. anymore? Oh, but I mean, like for the years after that, like, yeah, for sure. It was
1: just such a weird thing. And, and that like, they made, they pretty much like not made fun of me, but like, it was just so weird to them. But now, you know, I talk to them now and they're like, you're a fucking legend. How did you do that? Like, yeah, cause that's the thing when you're in your early twenties, you don't know who you are. Like most people, I didn't, but at least that helped me for sure. Not, you know, cause uh, I, that's the whole thing. Like if you're around, if you're around people and you just keep going along with everything, you just enable each other and it just keeps going and going Until you work out who you are and you put your foot down and say, fuck this, this is not healthy. I want to do this with my life. That's the only way you can change it. So that's, that's the hard thing because you can't change people's minds for them and you can't make them think that way, but that's what has to happen. Like if you're just a sheep that goes along with the flock and does what everyone else does in Australia, you're pretty much going to be a drinking Desmond that takes drugs every weekend and, fucking work some shit job or whatever. But if you actually use your brain and have a personality and make your own decisions, you might find that you're not following the herd.
4: Well, but that's, so. that's that, yeah, that's one of those hard things because especially, like, where I'm from and where you're from, well, where, where we're all from, we're from these towns, like, you're more of a suburb, but it's still that small-minded community where mm. people, they don't really change. Like, I go home and it's just the same. It's just nothing seems to change. Like lots of my mates are still going to the pub on a fucking Friday night. They're going to work on Monday and they're just in that routine
1: that's lasted for 20 years or longer. Yeah. Today, Rennie told me he's... Um like six weeks sober, which is fucking psycho and really good for him. Like, like, you know, he's the same age as us, but pretty much lives like a 20 year old still, you know? Mm. So I don't know. Like, you know, if you're close to 40 and you still think hanging out at some nightclub is cool. Like, honestly, that's, it's time to fucking grow up. Surely.
2: Yeah. What?
4: Definitely. In the, In the, how old was Ricky? Late
1: 30s? Yeah, 30 uh no sorry 43 I think.
4: Oh was he that was he that much older than everyone?
1: Yeah. I can never realize. Hang on. I want to make sure of that now. I've got something right here.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah
1: wow. I'm so shit with years. Yeah, 74, so what's that? Yeah. Yeah. 84. Yeah, 44. We almost, yeah, he was 43, almost 44. Yeah.
4: Yeah. What, in in the final times, what was like, what was he, what was his lifestyle like? Was it similar to a lot of people down that way?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was the same as everyone down that way. Like, work all week, drink all weekend. Yeah. And like, and and you know, and other shit and all weekend. Some... Like yeah. yeah, like not not to like as in like he'd be at a nightclub or that because he had a partner and stuff, but I mean it was still that same thing though, like you know, go yeah. out.
0: It's a vicious fucking... cycle and we we all know it very well. And you know, we mm. probably spend nearly every weekend at home or with our partners or child, as in Crafter's mm. case. But the like, and that is considered boring. Like the amount of people I work with who were just like, "What do you mean you're not going to go out Friday and Saturday night?" Like, they couldn't comprehend that because, especially in Byron, it's such a social fucking place. Oh yeah. You know, we've been battling with this for over twenty years because that's just what being straight edge is. So it's a foreign thing for a lot of people, and they couldn't imagine isolating themselves from everyone else and not drinking, which is why it's so easy to just follow the crowd and drink and do what's offered to you. I
4: I got blocked on, um, I'm not even kidding. I just got blocked on Instagram and I reckon it's because I shared something regarding suicide. I'm not even joking.
0: Well, your whole account's blocked.
4: Yeah. Yeah, which whatever.
0: Like, Breaking news, listeners! No,
4: I, I shared something that Sean's mum posted. A lot of people it, shared that. Yeah, and it put up a warning, like. Brutal.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like.
1: No, it's still there. I just
0: checked. Um, is this eleven thousand posts still there?
1: Yeah, sure are yeah, 11.5 no, thousand.
0: What a what a legend! That's yeah. so psycho. More posts than they, anyone we know has followers. They,
1: they shouldn't block you because you're <laughs> essentially working for them.
0: No, nah, it's it's you, you are. It's let, me, it's,
4: they let, they let me back on on my phone. Just won't on my. Yeah, sorry we couldn't log you in. Weird. That's fucking strange.
0: You've been hacked. Maybe I've hacked
4: you. Uh, I reckon. I reckon it's because of what, what, what. posting that? Because there was a warning. I think it was too much reality, mate. Like,
1: Why can't accurate. I post it?
4: No, nah, it's still there. But it says uh, for information about government thing, like maybe I posted something else I shouldn't. What have I posted? I mean, why has it
1: got? A, why has it got COVID nine? It's because it's yeah. riding off COVID.
4: Yeah, maybe that, that, thats actually probably why. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm trying to share something positive. Well, not so much positive, but reality, you know. Fucking Jesus, how's the
1: world? Oi, Look what are here? you doing to me here?
4: That's the best I've done. Absolutely. Wait,
0: that's, how, that's how you look, Peter. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, really? <laughs> you know,
4: And I just went to post it on the gram and I'd been fucking logged out.
1: For the listeners, Crafters just sent a photo of my head. And who is that guy? Uncle Festa. <laughs> Uncle Festa.
0: Yeah, and from
1: the I've under- got, got to say, it looks a little bit like me, which is how. I'll
0: post it on my gram. Everyone follows that. But look, look back to some serious talk. What is the solution out there?
4: There's no. The problem is, is there's no solution. There's nothing. We can't change people's lifestyles, but maybe there'll be more stuff early on in for kids and stuff. Just be able to deal with their emotions better. Maybe, maybe that's that's the solution. Definitely. You can't,
0: you can't force anyone to stop drinking and doing drugs because no. then you're just a straight edge preaching Desmond, which is what I am. And I've got pretty yeah. much two mates and I'm on Zoom with them now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: everyone else but- is fucking bong smoking cooked dude in Byron. So
2: yeah. Yeah. What I
0: mean? that's what I'm saying.
1: Like the new generation seems already more switched on than we ever were. But my concern now with them is that instead of drinking, they just like from the kids I've worked with at the airport or at that shop I was working at, they go out and just start, start taking drugs without even drinking, which is psycho to me. Yeah. Um, but at least they're more in touch with their maybe emotions and, and open to the world. Like, for instance when we were young you're like fucking faggot fucking fuck this like it was psycho we were fucking closed-minded idiots you know yeah Yeah. and and society and and kids is not like that now so hopefully once our generation well, our generation's changing at the same time but once this next one comes through like it's not a thing like and the other thing like for like famous people to be saying like mental health is is health it's like physical health you've got to work on it like Mm -hmm. that's israel who's fighting this weekend posts he goes to like a psychiatrist or and he posts it and he goes there's nothing essentially wrong this week i just go there to have a chat and make sure i'm good like it's like a checkup you know
2: yeah like stuff like
1: (laughs) that to to get rid of any stigma like you're not soft you're not a pussy you're not this like Uh and like craft of for instance you you say you got your own issues like yeah i know you talk with us but like it's something like it's fully like getting your car serviced you know what i mean and i spoke to a psychiatrist after ricky died and i'm the most anti any of that stuff
2: Mm. and it
1: fully helped me like it was psycho like i was like what is talking to some fucking stranger gonna help and it helped me so like it's crazy like not not these fucking foundations and bullshit like are you okay i wouldn't essentially talk to them but i would talk to like actual professionals that you know it's their job and they're trained and they can actually help people you know
4: i i um i was saying i was seeing somewhere after my dad died just kind of uh just to try and cope a bit now i started seeing a hypnotherapist to try and get this fear out of my head of dying i started to like literally think that oh you know it's gonna happen soon. like shit like that like mm.
2: going
4: to fucking dying it's it's I'm gonna fucking get it I'm gonna get cancer and like literally I was thinking that for fucking just I don't know maybe I was being over dramatic. But um I I started seeing someone they're like you gotta fucking relax. Like you're so highly strung. And I I changed all my my energy from just being a I guess a depressed mess and used it as a drive for doing other stuff. Like I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, but by the time, by the time I'd already started this fucking shops and all these other stuff, my dad was already gone. So I kind of had enough time to reflect on a lot of stuff. I accepted (laughs) that I went through like some real dark fucking times. Like when I was printing shirts, I'd just broken up with Candace. I was living between my friends' houses. The only thing I owned was a car. So some nights I'd be at work where I had a shed with fucking screen printing shit in it and I'd sleep in my car and get up and do it all again. And then mm. besides that, I was sleeping on my mate Rob's floor and a friend of mine, Shani, we went on tour with Amity on a summer tour. I was like, oh, well, I don't need a house because – We've got a summer tour, and then we're on Soundwave and all this shit. And in my head, I was like, "No, nah, we'll be fine." And my dad hadn't been dead for very long. My dad had only had died the previous uh, the previous year, so I was out back on tour for that amount of time. So I was like, "Well, why am-? But essentially, I, I was fucking acting like a homeless person, which is not really weird compared to like touring. But when you when, when I was doing it when I was younger and going between people's couches, I hadn't gone through a breakup, I hadn't lost my dad, I wasn't already thinking music's coming to an end. So I'd sit there some nights in the fucking warehouse by myself, just like fucking miserable crying my eyes out. And I never really tell anyone any of that shit because it was like, and yeah, I had fucking crazy suicidal thoughts. I was like, maybe I'm just done. And I, and I had Kennedy to make everything better. Like, even when, even when, uh, like, like after after fucking Hoppo's funeral, which was fucked, like that was horrible, uh, and I seen the other kids there and stuff. I went and picked Kiki up because that's what was gonna make everything better. And then mm. the first person I fucking called, crying when I find out about Sean, is Candace saying, "I need you," and like she'll always be there for me. She's like, "Come over now."
2: And then I go around
4: like as much as me and Candace aren't together, she's still my best friend. And there's something about her and Kennedy that just make me feel as comfort there, you know. Regardless if we're fucking, regardless of the way, way we are. But when I'm around it, like when I'm just something about being around my child changes my mental state massively. And like, I'm sure you're the same, Pete. And
1: put a ring on it, mate. Put a ring you know, on.
4: Putting a ring on her. <laughs> Stop
2: trying to
1: <laughs> sell it. I was already. I'll, I'll let her know. Don't put your thing in her ring. Just put a ring on her, and then you <laughs> won't have another kid.
4: Nah, nah. We. I. I don't you know. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> like, I. I think like that was probably my darkest time, and then. My my friend Shani was like, "Come move in with us," and I moved in with her and her husband at the time. And I'm sure he was stoked. No, nah, he was a mate of mine too. Oh. Um, yeah. So, hey, but hey,
1: hey, hey, can my loud, red-headed <laughs> friend who drinks tomato juice come and sleep on our floor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't but mean I- red-headed as in red hair. I mean you got a red head. I know, I'm pretty red. I'm so hot at the moment.
4: But um, I, I they, they had a spare room. They gave me their spare room. I went from then to, like, at first I was like, okay, I, I, in my head I was like, I was so fucking depressed or even funny. I started seeing a psych. That was helping. I was printing. I bought a new screen printing press with, with tour money that I had off the I'll burn your churches to the ground shirt. we sold on the amity tour i had enough money to buy a brand new screen printing press that was 10 grand and a harley off of one shirt (laughs) on off that tour so Uh, thanks for
0: the fans out there for buying one thanks fans
4: but that thanks to aaron for that line um and then i just set little goals and then after that i was like okay the band's gonna end and i've got to find somewhere but through that period of that time I was a fucking wreck, like absolute fucking wreck, because I'd not only lost my fucking the mother and my child, but I lost the ability to see my kid every day, which is fucking heartbreaking for anyone anyone out there that's done the same thing. But you come, you can overcome it. Fucking, you have to overcome it, just as a dad or 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 a, or a mother or whatever. You have to overcome the the thing of becoming a single parent, and that was fucking miserable, but somehow I pulled it together and that's why oh. I felt I always wanted to <laughs> What was the noise? That's the fucking galah. Shut the fuck up, Galah. Cupcake, calm down. Um but yeah, I I yeah, and I don't speak about it enough and, and, and whatnot, but I hope like that people maybe maybe can see that I did come through it and I did get over like get Yeah, but
1: see the- so maybe Maybe you should go skits on your gram. Hang on, I'm trying to find it. Twenty nine thousand followers. Tell your little followers that it is okay to actually. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and that's, that's the that's, thing. I that's why, more, What
1: what I reckon that Israel dude doing that like that fucking is that that is better than any foundation. You know, like some dude that people look yeah. up to, showing people that it's just yeah. that's that's the best analogy for me. You get your car serviced. You get your fucking mm. brain serviced. You go to the gym to lift weights so that you're strong and healthy. You, you go to a fucking psychiatrist yeah. to, to talk about shit, yeah. to get it off out of your head.
4: Yeah. You know? And if you're doing positive shit, it can really change the way you're thinking. Like mm. you got to, you got you to, gotta, I'm always a big advocate for keeping your circle, keeping your circle small, having people around you, you can trust and, and but that do believe in you. And a hard thing for me especially about the Sean situation is I was I, I, I was always trying to be there for him and, like, there's other mates who I always, I've always always felt I check in on a lot, you know. But um I was always like, you're good, you're fucking this, that. And the messages over the last few weeks, I was definitely checking on him. But when Hoppo – when he knew that I was struggling with the Hoppo side of things and stuff because fucking – anytime any mate that commits suicide, like it's such a hard and confronting thing to deal with. Like it does make you really fucking sad and, and you've, you've dealt with it fucking as well, Pete. And Sean sent me a message and goes, hey, mate, hope you're all good, blah, blah, blah. I'm here if you need me, like the next few days after that. And, mm. and I was like, fuck, mate, like looking back on it now, I'm like, he was there for me and I did – yeah, I know I was there for fucking him. But even in his dark weeks leading up to, like, what would be the end of his life, he's still checking, still messaging yeah, me, still going on the opening day of the new shop. Hey, mate, like, I've got the fucking text. Like, hey, mate, fucking so proud of you. All the best with the new shop. Like, just shit like that. And it's like, fuck, man, like, such a genuine fucking human. And I always say this about Sean – you can put him in a room with anyone and he'll leave best mates with everyone because mm. there was nothing fucking ever callous about him. There was nothing, he was just a friendly fucking human. And even to the point where when people were posting about him, there were fucking Bali dudes that I know that I have no, no idea that he was mates with. And they're like out with SK fucking in Bali. And I'm like, how did he? Mm. I didn't even know him. Like, and like, I get music brings everyone together, and that's probably how I I learnt, met them because of the tattoo industry and stuff like that. And Jimmy and Jake were friends with them and so on. But to see SK friends with all these people that I was friends with, it was like mind blowing. But that's just what kind of person he was. And, and you know what, Pete, Ricky was the same. Like, fucking, yeah. Fucking one of those people that, was always fucking smiling, always fucking happy, always... Like, we would go to Sydney and stuff, and, like, we were the fucking band no one was meant to like. Like, we dressed like absolute dickheads and whatever. Like, you want to borrow gear or fucking... And I remember that from things like Hardcore and going and shit like that. And, like, no one was meant to like us because we were the fucking emo metal band that dressed, like, in girls' Mm. jobs. And... Especially you, Ricky. Like other Pete. Like there was a few select few out of Sydney that were actually fucking nice to us, and that 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 just shows good character
1: because it's cr- we're, reckon, we're all to we, do the same shit, you know. We spoke about it today, but Ricky and Sean were very similar. I reckon. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, so. Remember so. that? Like, remember that? Um, give up the ghost tour. Yeah. You guys were you guys on that? The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And so was and, Taking Sides, yeah. right?
4: And we hung out
1: all the yeah. time.
4: Yeah. Because give up the ghost, didn't
1: talk to any of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I remember I was with them and yeah, yeah. they they weren't that, I, whatever, weren't I won't say that. Cool. When, no, no. But you guys seem like, to, yeah, really get along. Yeah. It's and, just crazy, like, thinking, like, those two. And, like, I actually thought about, like, your festival, like, Hoppo, Sean and Rick were all at that. So it's
4: like it's
1: fucked fucked to just think these people are actually gone, you know what I mean? Like it's just so fucked.
4: And I look at the photos and there's photos of fucking Dylan from Melbourne singing along to bands and shit like that. I'm like lots of like looking back at the old photos and I sent Nick a picture of Miles Away and stuff and it's just crazy like the – it's crazy to think – so much times passed and you look at the flyer and you're like, no one exists anymore except for Parkway. Like yeah, I don't, I don't think any of the bands on the whole fucking thing are around anymore. Like Prime Queen, yeah, I don't know. the Prom Queen like existed a few years ago, but it wasn't the, the greatest of comebacks after a final tour and stuff. like I know they did stuff, but I think the, it was pretty grim towards the end. Um, but yeah, like it's been that fucking long and it's great to see like obviously Parkway are the fucking kings of the world, but yeah, everyone got old, everyone got fucking old and, and so much has changed. It's, 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 it's cool in a way. Cause you're like, fuck, I lived through the actual glory years. And like, for me, I'd sit back and I was like, I sent JJ something uh, the other night, um, just to hopefully cheer him up a bit because obviously what's happened is JJ and Sean for me were like fucking Batman and Robin, you know, like they were hanging out every fucking day, every day on tour and they were always around each other and they were real fucking proper best mates. Um, but I sent him something that will come out soon or some sometime soon that he hadn't heard and I was like, and, he, and like he said, he's like, we really... Like, fucking change things, you know? And I was like, yeah, well, that's how you got to look at it. Like, we're part of the change of a hardcore scene from playing to 50 people at the fucking Green Square or fucking whatever, or Enigma Bar or whatever that cowboy bar Restraint played in the middle of Henley Street that time. <laughs> uh... To literally started playing to 500 people, it was fucking psycho at the time. Like, Mm, to even put Grafterfest on and like, sell like 600 people line up to get in and it just is packed. Like, stupid,
0: fucking stupid looking back on it. it There's wild times.
4: Yeah, and I, I just, I just, I just hope the best for people after this. Like, I really hope people take the in their stride of losing someone like Sean and. The the kind of the impact he's fucking had on on everyone because he had a big impact on my life. Like I I look at it now, it's like we became way better friends after being in a band together than we were when we we're in the band. Because the band when you're in a band with each other, with different people, you
0: yeah, there's a lot of tension.
4: A lot of tension. You got got you you you're trying to to. You, there's money involved. There's fucking touring involved. You're in each other's fucking thing. So yeah, after on went on. I feel like we became way no better friends, and yeah, it's 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 sad because I couldn't do anything more. But I like to think I tried. Fucking, I tried up until the last fucking days, you know. Yeah, and that's that's all like, and, yeah. and I'm fucking, I'm heartbroken about it. But yeah, hopefully he's at peace, and I hope Rick found his peace, and I hope Hoppo found his peace, and everyone else that 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 has been lost.
1: Remember that's I I told Crafter to this today, Jed, but. I'm in the same boat with Rick. I was trying to help him and I knew and like without telling people stuff, they don't need to know. Like it, it, it's not like it's come out of fucking out of the blue, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, most of these people were having issues and, but it doesn't make it any better when they do go, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. I'm it's fucking almost three years on now for Rick. And it, trust me and crafty, you're going to know about this. It doesn't get better. Like, I, I still just think about him and go i can't believe he's not here like he's fucking gone for good you know yeah. and it's just so fucking stupid like there's nothing good that comes out of it other than that they get a, a relief from whatever they were feeling because that's the only thing i can tell myself that it was the only option for them and and now they're got happy but it it fucks a lot of people's lives up, man. Like I'm still dealing with a lot of shit because of Ricky, and it's it's pretty fucked. Like it's it's an ongoing thing. Like
4: because, because it's mm. it's um the, the 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 impact that I always seen on on Sean, uh, I, I fucking I think a lot of people do know. Like Sean Sean's father passed away in a similar circumstances. And I feel like that had an impact on him a lot over the years, and, and a lot of his friends have said that to me. And like Ricky's left behind two little boys that are probably going to be uh, affected. And I have some other mates from when I was a child that, like some of my best mates the kid, whose fathers killed themselves and stuff like that, and it affected them, you know.
1: And like, do you know do you know what the percentage of kids whose parents killed themselves are of them taking their own lives? Uh. <laughs> Ninety six percent. Oh wow! Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So that and that is one of the things I'm, and you guys know, but yeah, yeah. Ricky's young boys, man. Like, yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, you know.
4: the other day, like posting about Ricky and Ricky's little boy messaging me, going, "That's my mm. dad, and he was legend." I was like, "Yeah, mate, he was." Like mm. that fucking hurt me, man. Like it's it's like, I I couldn't imagine my daughter inboxing someone and going, "Now that, that was my dad," fucking. Mm. Crap. Breaks my heart even to fucking yeah. think about it. Yeah, like mm. like I said, Ricky was such a good fucking bloke to me. Never fucking never had an issue with the guy, and mm-hmm. I like to think Sean was like that with most people too. You know, yeah. like I wasn't. I admit I was a fucking cunt to a lot of people, and I and I like I always apologise for fucking me being a dickhead back in the day. But yeah, people like Sean and Ricky, they just weren't. And, yeah, mm. yeah, well, there was nothing no, no fucking <laughs> harm about them. We'll rest in peace, boys. Yeah, I think we had a good yarn. I think that's not much else we can say, you know. Uh, I, no, I think we
0: appreciate you pouring your rent. heart out, fellas. I'm sure the, everyone will appreciate that. The um, 11
4: listeners and Big Jim will be fucking psyched.
0: Yeah, they will. Um, stay tuned. Big news are coming for the next episode. Is there? <laughs> Oh, you'll just have to wait and see. Maybe, oh, yeah, I've, may, maybe, maybe I've texted Winston. In- interviewing Pig for the second time. <laughs> I'm still waiting mm. on Winston to reply, but <laughs> it could be a yes.
1: Nah, Fat Mike's next.
0: You might have,
4: have you got Liam, Liam, Liam Gasworth coming on.
0: <laughs> you never know. Mm. All right, I'm gonna pause it.
1: All right, I'm going to bed.
0: Yeah, it's time.
5: Yo, I think of how the scene was back in the day. And I wonder why things couldn't stay that way. Things were so good for us way back when. But we can have no time all over again. Up we now Ain't no rules. Tell us out We've been doing it, we're so new game, it's you and me It's up to us, take control, call my man Open up the school Funs ability Take your hands Full of music Full of art On the good old days 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 Everybody knows how good hardcore was in the States back in the 80s. And I hear people say, oh, I wish I could have been there. And I wish we had a scene like that. Well, look in front of your nose. You got a great scene right here. And if you want it to be as good as all those hardcore fantasies you have, then get off your ass and do something about it. You live this shit. You're not hardcore just because you listen to the right bands. Hardcore is a way of life. And the sooner people start realizing that, the sooner we can have those days all over again. Yeah, we...
3: We can have those days
5: And we can have those days All over again hey, hey, On the good old Days hey, On the good old Days hey, On the good old Days hey, On the good old days. Hey, hey. We are ascending 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 we Now yeah, we're ascending Through the quicksack 98, 94, take it Take me yeah. off,